0: I just want to, to make the most of it. I, I recognize that sports, men and women, their, their careers aren't forever. And while you're there, you've got to make the most of it. And every day is an opportunity, so don't let it go by.
1: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Partners in Time. My name is Paul Ripke, and today we have George Russell as a guest. He's from Great Britain, and he's going to have a great season ahead because he's the official pilot of AMG Petronas Formula One, and he's going to race on the side of Lewis Hamilton, So, and he's part of the IWC family. So I had to call him. He did answer the phone. We recorded the whole thing, and I'm looking forward uh, to you guys experiencing uh, the beauty of george russell because he's really one of the most inspiring people i know so let's go up and listen to this podcast episode what's up george how are you
0: very well a long time no speak to you paul
1: <laughs> absolutely it's a it's a pleasure hearing that british kind of is it an accent or is it a type of an english the real english i haven't heard that for for quite some time i, I like the accent a lot the british accent is very very good where are you right now where are you exactly
0: I am exactly in Brackley at the Mercedes headquarters. So it's a um, pleasure for me and an honor for me to be here.
1: Oh, I love uh, Brackley. I've, I've spent a couple of, we've spent a couple of uh, days there. And the, what did you do today? Is it a media day? Is it, have you done some simulator uh, testing? What, what was your plan like today?
0: Today's been a bit of, bit of everything, a little bit of simulators, been some marketing and media. I've just got off a, a virtual call with the the partners alongside Toto, which was, which was good fun. Uh, always nice to see him and catch up with him. And then, as I said, here, here we are now. It's currently half past six in the evening, and I'm I'm talking to you.
1: So the boss was there. Toto is there in Brackley as well, or, or was that the virtual call?
0: No, he he was here in Brackley as well. So okay. um, getting ready for the season. Obviously, there's a f- it feels like there's a fire within everybody at the moment. Following obviously quite a controversial end to the season and that motivation and fire within within everybody from from the top to the bottom is um absolutely immense and you know it fills me with so much energy and, and motivation just to see the desire within within them so that's uh that's
1: awesome you must be uh, like super stoked about that right like so we spent a couple of days walking around the factory um now you're The real driver, sort of, you know, like like that's that must be different to to have that feeling, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's so strange because, I mean, obviously we we spent a lot of time together when I was when I was a junior driver back in when I raced in Formula Three and Formula Two, and I was always in Brackley, always with the Mercedes guys at at the races, and then obviously I went to to race with Williams for three years, but I still spent so much time with all of the engineers, the marketing team, um, with some people in Brackley and in a way it almost feels like returning returning home it feels like I never left in a way and those it feels great now I'm here it's official I don't the, these relationships have already been built so we're just straight into into working and trying to make the car as fast as possible and uh, it feels very so natural as well which it, which is great
1: Totally. So, do you fit in the car? Did they make enough leg room? Because you're so tall, right? <laughs> they made it bigger
0: this time. I mean, the last time I drove, it was it was a, a squeeze. I had to wear, I'm um I'm a size uh, 45 shoe, and I had to wear a size 43 last time to to fit in the car, and my knees were banging, and my my shoulders were rubbing against the side, and uh, now I fit like I'm sat on the sofa. So um,
1: that that's great. But you can't switch cars if anything goes wrong, right? Because the other side is smaller. At the it. That's
0: <laughs> no, no, your- they're the same. <laughs> they're the same. It, might, it might be too big for Lewis now. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, talking about watches, because this is the IWC um, um, podcast. Are you wearing an IWC right now? Of course.
0: I wear it on a on a daily basis other than when I'm exercising. I've got my uh, my Pilot's Top Gun on at the moment and it's a watch.
1: Oh, which colour? Which colour it?
0: Um is? well it's in in black. It's a I don't know the the specific colour, what it what the the um the official colour like, like a gray gray? Is yeah it's exactly seritanium. Yeah that's, so the it's one. Special, that's the one special
1: it's super it's the best colour if you ask me. Oh I love it's a special creation. I had a podcast with the guy who invented it. It's a it's an invention by RWC, So it's the only watch brand that can do that and it's insanely impressive. I love it. So so I'm a little bit jealous cuz I'm not <laughs> getting that watch. No, so. I I love it. It's
0: I think it's it's great for everyday because it's depending on what you wear and you can wear it casual but also you know when you've got your smart clothes on. So I um and it look I just looks great. It looks aggressive. Totally. It looks aggressive.
1: I don't want to talk too much about the upcoming season and and how it ended last year or whatever that's part of the like the media is going to pick up on that (laughs) but i do want to talk about how you got into motorsport because like i know you for five years now um how did you start as a kid because there's tons of footage of you as a kid this great picture of lewis and you where you like ask for his autograph what 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 was where was that by the way yeah
0: well that that was back in 2009 so i mean my hairstyle at the time was pretty <laughs> awful my, my mother was cutting my hair back then and it was it was dreadful um i never wanted her to cut my hair probably because it was so bad and i just let it grow out and it was uh, that was pretty pretty awful but no uh, that's it's such a su- surreal moment now you know looking back on this image uh, i was 11 years old at the time lewis was already a world champion and you know there there i was asking for his autograph and here we are now, you know, racing alongside him for, for Mercedes. And that's pretty, pretty awesome. And at the time you, you look at these guys as if they're superheroes. You know, I, I remember I was at an award ceremony and, um, I think it was the the same year, um, coincidentally 2009 when, uh, Braun had won the championship and obviously, uh, Ross Braun being, being the, the co-founder and I remember he was at this award ceremony, and just t- totally coincidentally, we were at, uh, went to the bathroom at the same time. And as this eleven-year-old kid, I couldn't believe Ross Brawn went to the toilet. I don't know what, what I thought, <laughs> but I thought like I thought these superheroes, you know, didn't do those Did things. Or, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. And it's I, I'll always remember that thinking, you know, wow, Ross Brawn went to the toilet like it's crazy <laughs> it's it's only now that I'm I'm in formula 1 and I see all of these guys and I you know obviously all in, insanely talented but they're just normal human beings at the end of the day and that's uh, something that I've I've only learned since I I arrived in the formula 1
1: when do you think you switch from being a, a fan or or somebody who adores all those superheroes and when did you realize you're now part of it you're now in the crew
0: (laughs) I don't know I mean I I don't see it that way to be honest because you know I don't I don't feel like a superhero if that makes sense I I believe these people were superheroes and um, something from another planet but now now I'm there I I recognize we're all the same and even though I've got a huge amount of respect for all of these people and admire everything they've achieved. You know they are; they're just people at the end of the day, and we're in the same circus together. Um, so you you have this this respect for them, but yeah. you're not. I think I'm. I don't think you're. Um, you're in awe of people as much anymore because I've I've recognised even you know incredibly famous people who I've seen in the paddock before. I also think the same, like, I know he, he must go to the toilet as well. I saw Brad Pitt once, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's, he's gone to the bathroom at some point and, uh, he does everything in a, in his day as we do. Wake up, brush their teeth, go, well, I hope they do that. I'm, I'm sure they do. Uh, you know, go to a gym, obviously probably in, in, a, in a different scale or capacity, but you know, we're all, we're all human living different lives, but. You know, we're just all human at the end of the day, and there's there's no reason to to treat people differently, no matter their background or or what they do. And I think that's yeah. that's the approach I have now. And I think that I'd like to think that makes me makes me grounded.
1: Very much, uh, uh, I do agree. Um, how did you start into motorsport? Like, did did you do you do you did great karting, right? I've, my
0: my older brother is eleven years older than me, and he started go karting at ten years old. So I grew up on a racetrack. I used to have this little pedal tractor. I used to pedal around the go-kart tracks on when I was two, three years old. And it was quite funny. I used to have this uh, water tanker I used to put on the back of my of my pedal tractor. And I used to collect all the water for the, for the go-kart team to fill up their, their radiators for the engine every day. They'd drain the water, fill up the water. And there's this two, three-year-old kid going around collecting their all of their water for the day in his water tanker and um I also used to collect these old tires for I don't know why it was just on my little trailer I used to collect these old tires and my dad it was a way for my dad just to let me entertain myself I think but there was one day he was a bit cross at me because I came back and I, I didn't realize but I'd gone into somebody's uh, garage and I'd taken a brand new set of tyres. that I had no idea were brand new, which are obviously worth you know 100 or 200 pound. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've just effectively stolen this person's brand new set of tyres as a three-year-old kid and brought them <laughs> back to my brought them back to my father. And there was no way of finding out whose tyres. They were um, so. I think we just I don't know what we did with them in the end. So that that was <laughs> that was the early days, and then I had um, very early days, and then I had a fifty cc quad bike from about four years old. Uh, before I jumped into a go kart for the very first time at seven. So I don't okay. know. I look back on these experiences of pedaling my tractor and driving a quad bike around a field, and I really do think it helped me become the driver I am today because when I jumped in the go-kart for the very first time I it felt natural. You know, I was used to movement, I was used to speed, I was used to controlling something with four wheels and a steering wheel, okay, albeit on a pedal tractor and on a little 50cc quad bike, but I think that was ingrained into my body from the age of 2 and it's it's all I've ever known. So Sounds silly, but I, I do really believe that that helped me when I when I jumped into a go-kart for the first time.
1: One hundred percent it did. And and did you Benji's your, your brother's name. Benji's right? correct, yeah. Benji. And did you ever uh, race raise each other on in cards? No. He always Not even privately now. No, I mean we need to set it up. The the
0: closest it got is that um so the first time he met Claire Williams, who was obviously it, the daughter of Sir Frank Williams who founded yes. Williams. Yeah. The first time he met Claire he told her that she signed the wrong Russell and he was the fastest Russell. Mm. So <laughs> I I think she joked and well let's get you on the simulator then. And yeah. <laughs> um we we took her up on the offer and um got Benji on the simulator so he was
1: and who was faster well i mean obviously
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would have been pretty atrocious if he was faster than i he wasn't he was a long way off but he was definitely respectable and he was i think he was probably faster than some of the drivers i've seen on, on their simulator before to uh, yeah. put it into perspective i won't say any names but no he benji benji was a um, ben, benji was a great driver he in go and he won multiple british championships and he won the world championship once in in his uh, in his oh, really? category in 2007 <laughs> so you know he knew what he was doing but he he started a bit too late i mean he was 10 years old when he started but that was too late which is crazy to think about it. and he was just a bit behind the curve but without without him and the experiences he had and my family had Um, gained that experience of racing through my older brother I probably wouldn't have had as much of um, as much success as I did in my early days because my parents had already had 10 years worth of experience in in go-karts and knew you know knew the ropes knew what it took to succeed and maybe made less mistakes so um, I've got to be pretty grateful for that
1: Totally did you make Benji a pass already for the paddock for he, <laughs> not he's not probably, as yet. he has a flat rate right
0: no not as yet but here i will get him uh, I'll get him one a yearly pass <laughs> things at least I could do
1: but he's probably quite happy for you right oh of it course. it seems I, like you have a good relationship and stuff you
0: know? yeah absolutely I think it's racing's like a drug and it it f- uh, feeds down into your whole family, you know they my, my sister and my brother have been so supportive of me throughout my whole career. And I mean, when I was growing up, there's, there's a huge financial contribution my, yeah. um, a, and commitment my, my parents were having to make to, to afford us to go, to go racing. And, you know, I, I guess it could have easily have happened that an older sibling felt like that was unfair that, you know, let's say, 10 times more money has been spent on one child compared to the other, but they recognized that's what it took to be successful wind in motorsport. And they completely backed me and they've never, ever had any doubts or any hard feelings or, or anything. And that's why I feel like it's so important for me to give back, not just to my parents, but also to my brother and sister because you know, they they had to sacrifice as well. Um, and they, I mean, they, they didn't miss out on any opportunities, I'm sure. But, you know, maybe they could have had other opportunities if they pushed my parents because maybe they felt like it was unfair. But they they never did. And I have to be so,
1: so happy about that very wise said, and i uh, uh, very very nice I <laughs> that like that's why i like you so much you know like we always got along because you're in a social way raised insanely <laughs> well like you have so much social skills and you're so so nice and so yeah humble as well which i really adore no, i appreciate that humbleness please <laughs> um so now you're in one of the fastest cars. We could all agree, right? Like, so you, today you did the the simulator. How, like, it feels probably uh, nice. Which one was your favorite car so far? Starting from the tractor back in there <laughs> when you were th- three with the water tank, and until today today's car. Which one is the number one? If you have to uh, choose,
0: um, I mean, I've obviously had the the pleasure of driving a few of the world championship winning Mercedes cars. Uh, which without a doubt were the best cars I drove, but they weren't truly my cars as I was the test driver at the yeah. time. So I won't bring that into the equation. I mean, cars you want in or carts you want in, they are the ones you love. You know, It doesn't matter how it looks, how it feels. If you win, you love it. And it's the same with, racetrack, with a racetrack. If you're fast there, you love the racetrack. It doesn't matter how exciting or boring the track may be so i'd say probably my most successful year of my career was 2018 when i raced formula 2 which i've got some i've actually got a very nice photograph on the wall of my (laughs) flat which you took um, back in 2018, when I won the championship, so I appreciate that that you was there to uh, to live the moment and capture those memories for me. Um, but that it was, was so sick. That was, it was
1: really really nice. That, that, the that way was a, you were winning that that was so good.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was a, an amazing experience for me because in a Formula Two and a Formula Three team, you the team consists of one engineer per car. And two mechanics per car, so the team has a total of probably fourteen members, whereas in Formula One, you have two thousand people. and because of that, and because I was a Mercedes driver, whenever I was on the podium, I actually there were all of the Mercedes team and engineers, marketing staff came to the podium to support me and as a young mm-hmm. driver aspiring to to race for Mercedes to get to Formula One and seeing all of these people that you're only used to normally seeing 10 people supporting you suddenly there's an additional 20 to 30 all supporting you from the world <laughs> championship winning team that was a um, that was a special moment or special moments for me so that was
1: cool yeah totally i mean you know i shot uh, world cups in soccer i shot uh, a couple of win uh, in in formula 1 but i just actually 2 weeks ago somebody asked me what what has been one of the like the top 5 and i said this exactly because like that was pure joy and pure like the how happy you were and i i mean that's also been one of my first years. And Mr. Paddock, uh, ta- like he kept uh, watching it. He was a super fan of and supporter of you, um, which is still one of the the nicest people working for a Mercedes uh, MBGP. So, um, and Which, by the way, he still has no driver's license, right? You can work for a Formula One team without having a driver's license. Which I, think- I didn't know that. <laughs> You have one, right? I, I have I one. I
0: have one. You yeah, have to okay. have one to drive drive an F one car. So,
1: <laughs> okay, okay. So the um, yeah, and and he brought me into it, and we were following the whole season. And the the pure joy you had winning that, and the way your team and and you together, like like the the whole success in that, and how the emotions got up there, that was super impressive. Like and and that's been more impressive than a couple of formula one races wins i i captured so um kudos to that that's that's really been a great day back in there and i like the the way that you answer that question that that might be your most favorite car so far but let's hope in in this year in in 22 <laughs> there's a couple of, of more favorite cars yeah, and absolutely. coming around because
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, we we cross our fingers, but you've got to go out and and make it happen. You know, you can't sit here and hope. You have to go out and uh, and make it happen, as you well know. So, oh, it's going to be such an exciting season to see how it all pans out. And um, there's so much anticipation to to see these new changes and and excitement, and also for me, new experiences, new people around, and. You know, going racing alongside Lewis, it's yeah, it's pretty
1: special. I'm super. I like. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm. I'm. Yeah. I have a special feeling about your season. You're, you're gonna, <laughs> if you work hard, you're going to have a good season. Just watch out for the for the car in in Silverstone. Remember that. <laughs> When you when you had a little in between everybody, when when you had a little, maybe something went a little wrong within the fans. Oh, no, <laughs> well, <whatever. laughs> uh, let's switch to a couple of of more other questions. Um, I want to know because I've never seen you really race. You know so. How, how's your preparation on a race day? What's your race day routine? So uh, you work with a physio, right? Yep. You posted about him. I saw that. Um, what do you do before a race? How do you get in the zone, in the in the racing zone?
0: Um, I think for me, I'm not one of these guys who likes to hype it up. I'm not one of those, I need to listen to this. I need to get in the zone. I need to whatever. Because I feel like your body's in like this – Um excited and almost angry state when you're hyping yourself up and you're you're almost anxious, I feel. So f- for me, I've all, almost got the opposite approach. I like to be calm. I like to be relaxed. I like to go about it as if it's any other day. You know, I feel like I perform best when I'm calm and I'm relaxed and I don't put any pressure on myself. So, you know, I listen to a bit of music in the morning on the way into the track, nothing nothing crazy, and say, say hello to everyone, have a coffee, chill out. And t- to be really honest, that's about it. As, as boring as it sounds, I think that's what works for, for me. I appreciate guys who need you know the rock and roll music to, to hype them up and get them ready to, to smash it in, into the first corner or whatever. But you know that doesn't work for me, and I like to, to be nice and calm and relaxed. So everyone's different. Maybe people look at me and think that's, that's crazy and I can't believe you don't get yourself in the zone or they might think I'm missing a trick. But, you know, I know, I know my body. I know from my past experiences what works for me and, and that does so. Nice and chilled.
1: Do you drive to the track? Do you drive yourself?
0: Well, or? I went through, I hope my, my trainer Aleish isn't listening to this because I did go through <laughs> a phase where I insisted on driving because he just drove too slow. It just, it, it was making me, I was actually sweating and getting anxious that he was just driving too slow and I was just losing time. I, like, I'm not asking him to speed. Don't get me wrong, but at least follow the speed limit and, and just be there. And, you know, we'd be sat on, uh, sat on the, on the motorway, just doing 100k when the speed limit's 140 or something. And I'm just, you know, inside of me dying and i um but i felt bad to 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 keep telling him to, to hurry up so yeah the way i got around was i started driving but since our relationship grew and the trust grew um i just basically say look Alex, come on put your foot down and let's just get home <laughs> straight <to laughs> but i way. can
1: tell you out of my own experience because i was a, a driver like i drove cars with formula one pilots in there it's it's a lot of stress for for a person driving that car and you guys are really it's ah it's it's not the easiest to to drive you guys to track and and it's super hard to decide you want to go fast you don't want to go fast you want to be on time you don't want to be on time ah, there's so much stuff and and I lost a lot of sweat on, on <laughs> ways to race track so be a little bit like uh, yeah think about him I I want to yeah <laughs> that's going to be good so um that's super nice that you're super relaxed is that the same if you're super stressed like, um, for example, the Formula Two, uh, the F two uh, race. Before, like, if you know this is my day, like, is are you still that relaxed? Anybody who says
0: they don't, if they don't feel a bit nervous or anything, they're, they're lying because everybody feels it. Um, but it, I think it's how you. I've almost taught myself to channel it into a good, sort of good vibes. Almost like oh, I'm feeling nervous, but that's a good thing you know, tell myself that's that's a good thing because that means that you're ready for this. And if you wasn't a bit nervous, then, you know, why are you here almost? But it's so strange. I mean, I've had races where I've been super nervous before, uh, but I put the helmet on and I jump in the car and you those nerves just disappear. And you're you feel like you're in such a calm state and you're in a world of your own almost. You don't see the surroundings. You're just focused on, on one thing and that's driving as fast as possible or keeping the car behind you or overtaking the car in front of you. You're so focused on that that you don't have time to be nervous, you know, because your, your mind is um, occupied. Whereas the most difficult moments for me is just waiting. If you, know, if you know you've got a big event ahead or a big race and you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, yeah. that's just annoying. And I, I always want to find ways to pass for time. Um, if it's, you know, we go to Singapore or Bahrain and the race is at 8 o'clock in the night. I mean, we live on an offset schedule, but still you're waking up 10 hours before the event and you have all day to think about it. But you need to find ways to take your mind away when needed and. Think about it when needed, but don't just sit there letting it play on your mind and letting the pressure build up and the expectations build up. Just be calm about it, just be chilled about it and um and do what you do best. And that's that's what I tell myself.
1: Yeah, that's good. And you're you're probably like I don't know if you followed me on, on Insta, but I gained some weight again. And <laughs> I'm trying to get, get rid of it. And then I'm seeing Topless George Russell pictures of like, uh, where not, you're not for in, a while. Not Bermuda. for a while. This is so. <laughs> so you're you're fit. What's the secret of George's fitness? I want. I want to. There's no way I can I can be as fit as you are. But I want to learn a little bit. What's What's your health advice <laughs> to to me? <laughs> I think everybody knows what to do,
0: but knowing it and doing it is you know two different things. Everybody knows they need to eat well but when you go for dinner and you see a burger or a pizza on the menu or a salad most of the time you take a pizza or a burger not not the salad so i think yeah. it's it it isn't rocket science you know eat well sleep well train well and it's um i mean it my there's no secrets that it's good routine i think for me yeah. it's uh Sleep is something I've really prioritized over recent years. I think the better I sleep, the better I, the, the, the more recovered I am when I wake up. Therefore, I can, I feel like I can train harder. The longer I sleep, the less hours there are in the day to eat, which sounds stupid, but you know, if you sleep for six hours a night, you're awake for 18 hours of the day and your mind and your body feels like you need to be eaten but if you you know get a good nine hours of sleep you know you're you're awake for three hours less so there's there's physically less time in in the day to be eaten but you feel better and you can work harder you work more efficiently and you're happier I find when I sleep well I'm happier as well Um, and I think that's that's a big thing that people don't Pay enough attention to everybody talks about diets, everybody talks about fitness regimes, but nobody really talks about sleep, and um, that's something where i I feel like as a community or a, a, in life we are we're missing out on and, and more thought needs to be put into that
1: One hundred percent and how do you how much do you drink? I don't think we've had one beer in our lives before but you're not a big drinker right
0: <clears throat> No 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 I'm I'm not I mean I I drink when it's appropriate
1: Abu Dhabi at the party maybe. Yeah
0: <laughs> maybe maybe at the end of the season if it's been a, if it's been a good one Um no it's again it's you you can't be robotic you can't be 120% the whole time but I we say with my trainer if you do if you eat well, for 80% of the week, 20% of the time, you're allowed to give yourself a little treat. I don't, yeah. I don't do 80-20. I'm probably more 95 and 5. But I feel like a lot of people believe after one salad, that's fine. They can then eat a dessert afterwards. And that one salad has made them suddenly healthy. But if you're 80-20 in the wrong direction of 80% of the time, you're eating rubbish and 20% of the time, you're good. To be honest, that 20% probably isn't really doing anything. The same way as if you eat well 80% of the time and you treat yourself 20, that 20% 20 won't have a big effect. So enjoy it.
1: So so did you, like coming out of last season, um, because this is an important year for you, right? Like 2022 is going to be one of your most important years probably. Did you change something? Like do you see yourself more focused or um, like is there something different to be honest no because
0: every year is important to me if i feel like i need to be doing more now to make me faster then why wasn't i doing that already and if there was something more i needed to be doing i would have been doing it already if that makes sense so you know the objective is the same and it's simple it's drive as fast as you can obviously when i was when i was growing up the objective was clear it was you know be on pole and win the race and if you didn't that was almost a failure my experience at Williams for the last few years changed my view because that just was not possible with the the team and the car we had and suddenly your expectations have to be readjusted but my my goal when I had the helmet on was exactly the same which is drive as fast as I can and do things right. Work with the team in the best possible manner. You know, Put the effort in. Work on the setup. Work on your driving. And if you do all of those things, I believe in myself that the end result will come. But I think if you start putting an actual value on it, then that's, that's incorrect. I think a different way to put it is when, when I go to the gym with my trainer... He doesn't say to me do 10 reps. He says keep one in the pocket. So if that's 12, that's 12. If that's 7, that's 7. If that's 15, that's 15. Because if you put a specific value on it, what happens if you can do more? You know, do you just stop when you reach your your value or your goal? If you if you can achieve more, you you take more. But I think if you if you look at it differently, do things right, and push yourself to the limit, then those objectives will
1: should be complete. That's super interesting to listen to you. Um, how do you because I've, I've had quite a rough last five months, I would say uh, my like we had trouble with the visa, the my podcast just kind of changed and here and there. Um and you've had probably, what, what's been the most frustrating moment of your career?
0: I'd say probably more difficult moments than frustrating. I think I've had a couple of of moments when I let myself down and I felt very disappointed. One was when I crashed into Valtteri last year. Obviously, I'm a Williams driver. You know, I know that I'm a Mercedes driver as well and I and I wanted that Mercedes seat and crashing into effectively one of my teammates and the way I went about my business afterwards was not good enough and that I was really disappointed with the race I did with Mercedes in 2020 when I stepped in for Lewis when he had covid felt completely under control and suddenly we got a puncture and, and lost the race you know that was deeply disappointing and and that was frustrating as well but I feel like all of these moments make you stronger. I feel like if you have it too easy, you don't know how to deal with disappointments because nobody's going to go through life without failure. Nobody's going to go through life without difficult moments. And I feel like if you don't experience this, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to react in the moment. You don't know how to bounce back. And I think psychologically you learn a lot about yourself. So for me, those disappointments, those failures or shortcomings have been the best moments of my career because that they have made me stronger. And without them, I would probably be a lesser driver today.
1: Super interesting. I'm learning a lot over here. It's it's really impressive. <laughs> what I, you're seeing and,
0: and... I want to be hearing your wisdom I'm still. Um, I'm sure you're. You've got a lot more wisdom to share than I do.
1: <laughs> no, 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 not really. No, just a little bit about cameras. On a personal note, do you have a photographer following you this season? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure we do. Yes, we do. Are you trying to sell yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, just. I'm free. I have time. No, I might come around for yeah. for one or two days. Um, that's uh, no. It's uh, super interesting to listen to you, and I could listen for hours, but I kind of want to switch to our reoccurring segment, which is a couple of questions we keep asking the guests, uh, Chris, the co host, as well as I do. Um, one of them would be three words uh, how you would describe yourself. You can only use three words, that, that's kind of uh, the 22 version or 2022 version of George Russell. Um, what's the three words?
0: Wow. That is, um, it puts me on the spot here. Um, I'd say tenacious. Um, I'd like to say grounded, probably. And, ooh, third is difficult. I mean, tenacious covers a lot of, it's a pretty, um, widely, it's quite a, quite a widely used, can be, can be used for a lot of different meanings. That's why I think that's a good, good word, tenacious, rounded yeah. and
1: ready. Yeah. You seem hungry. That's what I like. I yeah. really like that. Like you seem hungry, focused and humble. That's my three words, how I would describe you, which is three very good things. I say, I would say another question. What would you have more time? in your life like because because do you feel like you don't have enough time is there something uh, you want to have more time if you would have more time what would you spend it with
0: i don't know to be honest because we in this formula one circus you live such a literally such a fast lifestyle you're here there traveling around the world but you're focused on your job you're in the simulator doing your marketing activities in the gym working hard at the races Getting back, debriefing, whatever it may be. And sometimes it's, it feels sometimes overwhelming, but then when I have a day off, I want to get back to it. You know, I'm living, I'm living my dream. My dream is being a Formula One driver. My dream is to to win a world championship. And, you know, when I have a day off, I'm bored, in all honesty. And I want to get back to doing what I, I love doing and what I live for, which is, which is racing. So I'm incredibly fortunate to do something I love. And I'm, I really, uh, I don't take that for granted because I think I am so fortunate in that sense, but equally, um, I just want to, to make the most of it. I I recognize that sports men and women, there their careers aren't forever and while you're there you got to make the most of it and every day is an opportunity so don't let it don't let it go by
1: that's the best ending words i've ever had george thanks for being uh, here uh, a guest at partner in time for this episode i could listen to you for hours <laughs> i appreciate it stop at one point thank you so much thank super you very much. super interesting super inspiring keep up <laughs> i'm rooting for you this year appreciate it. i'm gonna i'm gonna be rooting Thank you very much. Cheers, Paul. Okay. See you. Bye-bye. Cheers. So that's been it, my dear listeners. Uh, What an inspiring person George Russell is. I I really like him and the way he talks about it. If you feel the same, maybe I can ask you for a little favor. Maybe you subscribe to this podcast because there's going to be a couple of episodes coming up that are going to be on the same level as this one. So if you did like this podcast episode you should subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episodes which are gonna be super interesting as at least if you ask me um, because iwc and all of the world of iwc is super interesting and there's so many stories that i kind of want to try to talk about so make sure to subscribe over here and so you're not missing any other episode of iwc's podcast partners in time